Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help us draw near to God through the study and application of His Word. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. Jesus is to be worshipped. He is to be loved. We know that today, now, we're familiar with who He is. He is God, the only begotten Son of God. He is God incarnate, in flesh. And not only do we know who He is, we know what He did on the cross. He humbled Himself, became obedient unto death on the cross, to atone for our sins. But what about then? What about when he walked on the earth? Today on Drawing Near, we see the first of two types of responses to Jesus. Let's open our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 7 as we study a sinful woman's response. As we prepare for today's study together, let's pray. Father, we thank you for our understanding of Jesus. We thank you that you have taught us through your word and through the work of your Holy Spirit confirming your word, who Jesus is, and what he is worthy of. And Father, we acknowledge that as finite human beings who do not understand completely and who are tainted by sin, we do not acknowledge who he is and what he has done completely or appropriately. We also acknowledge that we do not worship him the way he deserves to be worshipped. No matter how hard we try, we fall short because we are human. Father, help us to worship him better, to understand him better. And Father, help us to continue to strive to grow in these areas. Teach us from your word today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we'll begin reading God's word from Luke chapter 7, verse 36 through 39. Luke writes in verse 36, Now one of the Pharisees, was requesting him to dine with him. And he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. And when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with the hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing them with the perfume. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Now we need to note that today's study and our next study both deal with the same passage, the same story. Today we'll deal with verses 36 through 39, And then in our next study, we'll begin at verse 40 as Jesus begins to explain to the Pharisee what is going on. As we look at these verses today, we need to understand that there are two primary individuals in this story apart from Jesus himself. Jesus is the central figure. He's the one around whom all of these things are happening. And so the first is one of the Pharisees, one of the leaders of the law, one of the religious people. He wasn't just a pastor or some kind of leader in religious worship. He was a religious authority and a religious official. He didn't only have spiritual power, but he also had governmental power. 
He was one of those charged with making decisions and guiding in the leading of the nation of Israel. He was huge in importance. He was one of many who led Israel in obeying the law of God. He was an expert in the law of God, in the Old Testament, and the prophecies. So we have the Pharisee. We also have a woman. That in and of itself is unique, because women were to stay out of sight. This is the Middle East, and much of what we see in the Middle East existed back in Jesus' day, in biblical times. Only, it was even more conservative and more restrictive. The woman wasn't supposed to be here. Not only was she a woman, but she was a sinner, an immoral woman, in all likelihood, sexually immoral. And she had a reputation for this, a reputation that the Pharisee knew about. Now, how she got into the Pharisee's house, I don't know, but she was there. And so we have Jesus, who we know to be the Messiah, and we have this Pharisee who should have known that Jesus was the Messiah, and this woman who was a sinner who shouldn't have had any spiritual insight. But that's not the case, is it? As we look at this story today and in our next study, the woman is spiritually discerning, and the Pharisee is not. Why? Because the woman as a sinner saw Jesus as the one who could relieve her sin, who could help her deal with her sin and be forgiven. The Pharisee, on the other hand, didn't recognize that he was a sinner. He looked at himself in relationship to the Old Testament law and wrongly presumed that he was okay with God. In his mind, he kept the Old Testament law. And probably as far as he understood it, he did. But he didn't understand that the law of God not only applied to those things that are outward, but also those things that are inward. We know from Jesus' teaching in other passages that you don't have to commit sexual immorality to actually commit the sin of sexual immorality. You can do that in your heart. Well, this Pharisee, although he thought he could see and understand spiritually, was blind. And this woman, who was an immoral woman, who everyone thought could not see spiritually or understand spiritual truth, saw Jesus clearly for who he is and who he was. And so look at this passage. The Pharisee requested Jesus to dine with him, to have a meal with him. And Jesus entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. So there's no big fanfare. There's no big greeting. What we see in this passage is he was asked to come and dine, and he entered the Pharisee's house and he sat at the table to eat. While he's sitting there, while they're getting ready to eat, or while they're eating, there was a woman in the city who was a sinner, and when she learned in verse 37 that Jesus was eating at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume. Now this perfume, from what we know historically, by tradition, was very, very expensive. In all likelihood, up to a year's worth of income. That's what it would have cost to purchase this perfume. It was very, very fragrant. And so she brings this very expensive vial of perfume, more expensive than probably any of us can even imagine. And she brought it to where Jesus was in the Pharisee's house. And she was standing behind him. She wasn't sitting at the table with the Pharisee and with Jesus. She wasn't a welcomed guest. She was just standing behind Jesus at his feet. And so as she's standing at the feet of Jesus, 
That's a position of humility, a position a servant would assume. She was weeping. Weeping over what? Weeping over her sin? Weeping in humiliation, in unworthiness to be near Jesus? She was weeping. She was at the feet of Jesus, caught up in the emotion of crying and weeping in public. And she began to wet his feet with her tears. She was crying so much that the tears that kept coming off of her cheeks were wetting the feet of Jesus. And she kept wiping the feet of Jesus with the hair of her head. She is weeping at the feet of Jesus. She is shedding tears that flow onto Jesus' feet. And she is cleaning Jesus' feet with her hair. Now, isn't that an amazing thing to even comprehend? How much do we love Jesus? How much do we acknowledge we need his forgiveness? Or that forgiveness can be found in no other? How much are we willing to give or sacrifice or put on display from our sincere love for the Lord Jesus Christ? In all honesty, this sinful, immoral woman puts us to shame. And she certainly put the Pharisee to shame, even though the Pharisee was not aware of it. Not only was she cleaning Jesus' feet, wiping the tears from his feet with the hair of her head, but she was kissing his feet. Now, the idea of kissing is she didn't just bow down and kiss his feet. She was kissing his feet and kept kissing his feet as she was wiping them with the hair of her head, shedding tears on them, wiping them continually, and continually kissing his feet. And while she was doing this, she also began to anoint them with the perfume. So not only do we have this visual display, we clearly have something we could hear in her weeping. And then we have the fragrant smell of this perfume all coming together. This woman had interrupted this meal. She had created this spectacle, a spectacle that had to make everyone in the room feel uncomfortable except maybe Jesus. Yet it appears that she couldn't help herself, that because of her sin, because of her need, because of her understanding of who Jesus is, she couldn't help herself. So she gets the perfume, and she comes with the intention of anointing Jesus, and she falls into this pattern of worship. And that's what it is. It's love, it's gratitude, it's worship. It's contrition over her sin, and in all likelihood, weeping over the idea that she might find relief and peace and pardon from Jesus. So we have this display. We have this act of worship. Verse 39, here's how the Pharisee responds, and we'll see more of all of this in our next study. Now, when the Pharisee, who had invited him, Jesus, saw this, he said to himself, probably in his heart, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Now notice, this man did not recognize Jesus as the Messiah, or as one who could forgive sins, or as one who had even authority above himself, a Pharisee. As a matter of fact, while this woman is worshiping him in this grand way, overtly, visibly, audibly, this man is saying, Jesus isn't a prophet. Jesus isn't who everybody thinks he is. If he was who everybody thinks he is, then he would know what sort of person this woman is. This woman who is touching him 
and that was horrible by Jewish culture and society. For a woman to touch a man in public was wrong. She is an immoral woman touching a man who is presumed to be a prophet by the people. He said, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner, an immoral woman. So while this sinful woman is acknowledging who Jesus is, this supposedly godly man, spiritual man, was rejecting who Jesus and the people who came to Jesus claimed he was, a Messiah, a prophet at the least. Do you see the discrepancy? Do you see the difference? Do you see this reversal of roles here? The man should have been greeting Jesus. The Pharisee should have been greeting Jesus this way. And the woman in her sin should have been rejecting him because she's a sinner and she's dark in her sin, blind in her sin. And yet we see her spiritual contrition and worship and his rejection. How sad. I pray that we would never be so spiritually aware in our own minds that we would not see the obvious truths. I pray that we would not think so highly of ourselves that we actually miss who Jesus is and what God sent him to do. There are many who profess a relationship or an understanding of the things of God who do not possess the spirit or the fruits of an understanding of who God is. This Pharisee was like that. He had a reputation, he had a position, but there was no fruit of understanding in his life. And yet this woman who had a bad reputation and no position at all, the fruit of the Spirit or the fruit of acknowledgement of who Jesus is, flowed from her in a way that could not be contained. Who would you rather be like? That's an interesting question, isn't it? Would you rather be like the Pharisee who walked around well-received by the people, dressed well, able to hold dinner parties, yet blind, or a woman who was an immoral woman, who had a bad reputation, who was rejected and alienated because of her sin, and honestly, rightfully so. But she was repentant, she was contrite, and she came out of her darkness into the light. May we be like this sinful woman, because in fact, we are all like this sinful woman before God. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Help us, Father, to see these things more clearly, to understand them more vividly, perfectly. Help us to see who we truly are in light of who you are. You are righteous and holy God, full of love and justice. And we are sinners, unworthy to know you, to say your name, to enter into your presence ever. And yet by your grace, through the work of Jesus Christ and faith in his name alone, we can be saved, forgiven. Help us, Father, to live in the knowledge of this truth. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.